Hi everyone, hello, welcome to another episode of Reading the Scriptures with Mamezi. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who listened to the first episode on this podcast. Thank you for your voice messages, thank you for your feedbacks, thank you for your encouragement. I'm so grateful, I'm so grateful to every one of you. I'm so grateful, and I just thank God that you know He also blessed you you i thank god that you were also blessed by it so i'm happy and i welcome you again to another episode of reading the scriptures with mamezi you are highly welcome so on today's episode we're going to be continuing with first kings 18 on the first episode we read first Kings 17 so today we're going to be reading first kings 18 and still looking at uncle elijah okay <laughs> okay but today i'm going to be reading from the amplified version from the amp the amplified version so we're going to be reading first kings 18 so let's dive into it okay so first kings 18 Now it happened after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the face of the earth. So Elijah went to show himself to Ahab. You know, as we all know, Elijah was a man that responded at God's word. You know, reading 1 Kings 17, you know, it was very obvious that once God said something, Elijah was somebody to always, you know, respond. Like he was so confident in God to bring his word to pass. You know, he had seen God's word come alive in the past. So it wasn't hard for him to believe. So God had told him that there would be no rain, right? And there was no rain. And now God is saying, you know what? i want to send rain go and show yourself to the king and you know bible records that elijah went you know as god said he went and you know one thing that is profound here you know is is just the fact that elijah elijah you know can judge god faithful because god has come true in the past so if we're ever in a position where we feel like you know it's hard for us to believe you know you know we're just um struggling to believe god for something and just you know asking ourselves will he come true you know all we need to do one of the things that we need to do is just to look back at the times that god has come true you know just with like kind of like look look at his cv in your life like just look at all the times that god has come true in your life and I, i assure you you will find one thing you will find at least one thing that you know you probably you know had hoped for and thought it wasn't possible and then it came true no matter how little it was something as little as wanting cake and somebody delivers cake to your office something as you know whatever it is something as you wanted a job god gave you a job you wanted a child god gave you a child anything just look for something that you can hold on to and say god came true in that one he would also come true in this one so elijah you know it was so easy for elijah to believe god's word because god has come true in the past before but he said what sin have i committed that you will hand over your servant to ahab to put me to death as the lord your god lives 
There is no nation or kingdom where my master has not sent messengers to seek you. And when they said he is not here, Ahab made the kingdom or nation swear that they had not found you. And now you are saying, go tell your master, behold, Elijah is here. And as soon as I leave you, the spirit of the Lord will carry you to a place I do not know. So when I come to tell Ahab and he does not find you, he will kill me. Yet your servant has feared the Lord from my youth. Has he not been told to my Lord Elijah what I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord? How I hid a hundred of the Lord's prophets by fifties in a cave and provided them with bread and water? And now you're saying, go tell your master Elijah is here and he will kill me. Elijah said, as the Lord of hosts, leaves before whom i stand i will certainly show myself to ahab today so obadiah went to meet ahab and told him and ahab went to meet elijah so you know now we know that it makes sense why god will ask elijah to go and hide this is because ahab has been looking for had been looking for him the lord knew that already and he hid him you know Remember that Elijah said that, you know, there will be no rain or dew, um, you know, except at my word. So, you know, we don't know why Ahab was looking for Elijah, whether he was to kill him, you know, well, not likely to kill him. But, you know, Ahab had been combing nations and kingdoms and making those people swear that Elijah is not with them. They haven't seen him. He has been desperately looking for Elijah because the word that God had said and, you know, the word that, you know, Elijah said, God's word that Elijah said had come to pass. There was no rain or dew. So Ahab had been looking for Elijah and God knew that already. You know, maybe he was looking for Elijah so that, you know, Elijah will come and, you know, revoke that word back or um, or take back that word and, you know, call for rain and whatever. God wasn't, you know, ready and God told Elijah to go and hide. And so now it makes sense. And, um, you know, once another thing that you know i found very interesting here was that once elijah you know said said that oh he was going to show himself to ahab ahab was convinced convinced and obadiah rather was convinced and went to tell ahab remember when elijah told obadiah to go and tell ahab that he was here obadiah was scared obadiah was like ah oga you know ah it's like you want to kill me because if I go and go and tell him now, the spirit of the Lord can just carry you somewhere else. You know, he was scared. You know, he was this, he was that. But um, once Elijah gave him his word and said, don't worry, I'm certainly going to show myself to Ahab. But I was like, okay, I believe you. I trust you. And he just, you know, points out something to me that if Elijah was not a man of integrity, if Elijah was not a man that could be trusted, Obadiah will not risk his life. Forget the fact that uh, um, I love, I mean, you are a man of God though. If you are somebody that does not keep to your word, if you are somebody that cannot be trusted, I'm not going to risk my life for that. I'm not going to risk my life for that. But Elijah gave Obadiah his word and Obadiah was, you know, confident enough to trust that this man will keep his word. This man you know would keep his word so you know god is god is also a god of integrity god 
does what he says. And if we're going to be God's representatives on earth, God expects us to be people of integrity. And, you know, that's something that, you know, I constantly, you know, I'm constantly always learning. When you say something to somebody that you're going to be here at so-so-so time or you're going to do this for somebody or you're going to, you know, be here, whatever, keep to your word. (laughs) keep to your word people should be able to trust you people should be able to say oh mamezi said she will show up she's gonna show up oh mamezi said she's gonna do this for me i trust that she's going to do this for me because we're ambassadors of god and we represent this god so elijah was a man of integrity if not no matter if he was a man that was not trustworthy no matter how much of a prophet he was no matter how much you know tongues he spoke no matter how much fire he called down from heaven nobody's gonna risk their life for a man that his ways are still shaky one kind one kind so obadiah was able to trust that about elijah so let's read on so let's continue reading ahab called obadiah who was the governor of his house now obadiah feared the lord greatly for when jezebel destroyed the prophets of the lord Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifties in a cave and provided them with bread and water. So, you know, one thing that is very, is very obvious and, you know, is very obvious is that the devil can never be ahead of God. God is always, always ahead of the devil. He is way ahead. He is steps ahead. He is wisdom ahead. He is strategy ahead and so on and so forth ahead of the devil. So God had planted Obadiah as an insider in that house so that when Jezebel will come after the prophets of the Lord, there will be somebody to hide them and somebody that has enough you know, the Bible records that he was the governor of his house, some of Ahab's house, you know, somebody that had enough to feed them. So it was not just okay, you know, it wasn't just that, oh, he was able to hide them, but he was also able to feed them. So God is way ahead. God, God had seen, you know, what Jezebel's plan would be and had, you know, made sure that Obadiah was the governor in Ahab's house so that when and somebody that was an insider in that house so that when Jezebel would you know spring up to carry out her evil plan there was somebody that God had planted there to 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 serve as you know a help for his people so God has already pre-planned and God had gone ahead of the devil the God is always always we must always remember that god is always ahead of the devil god always has a remnant so when it looks like you know life is getting ahead of you you know it looks like you know you know things are going so fast you don't understand what's going on always remember that god is the alpha and the omega he knows the end from the beginning and he's always always ahead of the devil and he is always way ahead strategy ahead knowledge ahead wisdom ahead plans ahead like he's just always remember god is ahead of the devil he knows the end from the beginning the bible says that before the foundation of the earth was laid the lamb was slain so god already knew that man will fall and jesus you know already 
already or jesus was already going to come to pay the price so don't ever feel like life is getting if you're if you're a child of god and you're a believer don't ever feel like life is getting ahead of you no god is ahead god is always ahead okay okay so let's read on then ahab said to obadiah go into the land to all the sources of water and to all the streams perhaps we may find grass and keep the horses and mules alive and have not and not have to kill some of the cattle so they divided the land between them to survey it ahab went one way by himself and obadiah went another way by himself as obadiah was on the way behold elijah met him he recognized him and he fell face down out of respect and said is it you my lord elijah he answered him it is i go tell your master elijah is here Okay, let's read on. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, Are you the one who is bringing disaster on Israel? Elijah said, I have not brought disaster on Israel, but you and your father's household have by abandoning the commandments of the Lord and following the bows. Now, now then, send word and gather me all Israel at Mount Carmel together with the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of the goddess Asherah who eats at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent word to all the Israelites and assembled the pagan prophets together at Mount Carmel. First of all, you know, it's very obvious that this king, Ahab, is a very indecisive man. Like, he doesn't know who to serve you know i I mean it it just shows he's the ruler of god's people he's the ruler of god's children yet his wife is an idol worshiper and he's just very you know he's he's like he's neither here nor there he's just today he's hearing the voice of the, um, the word of the prophet he's looking for the prophet he's seeing the word of the prophet come to pass tomorrow his wife is hosting party and inviting all her pagan prophets and it's like he's this he's like he's lukewarm he's just he's neither here like he doesn't even know what he's doing because he can't pick a side that's that's just it he can't pick a side like because if he if he wants to serve bow serve bow if you want to serve God, serve God. Like he is almost as if he doesn't know what he's doing because today his wife is serving Baal. He doesn't have a problem with it. Tomorrow, Elijah is telling him, go and call everybody. He's going to go and call. Like, who do you even obey? Who do you? It's like, he's just running helter skelter. Like, and, and, you know, he's, he's so undecisive. And you, and as we would see, as we read on that, his lukewarmness as the leader will trickle down from the top to the people of Israel. You know, so let's read on. So um So Elijah approached all the people and said, "How long will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him." But the people of Israel did not answer him so much as a word. So it tells you that the people were also confused. They didn't even know. And, you know, it's, it's, it's no surprise because their leader 
is also indecisive. Their leader is today, you know, wanting to hear what hear what the prophet is saying. Prophet of God is saying tomorrow is dancing with Baal, you know. So he, their leader was neither here nor there, and it was only natural that the people would also be lukewarm. So it's important that as leaders, you know, in whatever capacity that we lead, as parents, as you know, anybody in any position of authority, know that the people that you lead look at you and feed up from your energy. Ahab was giving these people lukewarm vibes and they were catching it and they were doing it. Because if your leader, you know, has an example of honoring God, of obeying God, of, you know, keeping to God, and you're looking at his life, you'll be like, and let me to serve this God now. This God who is working in your life. So as, as leaders or in whatever capacity that we lead, we must understand that these people look at us, people feed off from our energy. You might not know that you're influencing somebody. You know, you might just not know. You, you, you might not need to tell them, you can't worship Balu. But the truth is, these things trickle down from the top to the bottom. So if you're a lazy person, you know, you might start to see that your team members exhibit that same thing. If you give up a vibe of, you know, let's shall get the work done, you'll find out that nobody is getting the work done. If you if you work in a team and you are slacking you know, in your own responsibilities as the leader, you are delaying the work, you are just, you know, nonchalant about it. Nobody is going to care about it. But if you're up and doing, if you're like, okay, let's do this, let's do this, you're motivating everybody, everybody's going to come with that same energy. So people feed off from the energy that you give. So we must be careful because as you see, Eli- um, not Elijah, Ahab was giving off lukewarm vibes. So they were also lukewarm. Okay, let's read on. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone remain a prophet of the Lord, while Baal's prophets are 450 men. Now let them give us two oxen, and let them choose one ox for themselves, and cut it in pieces, and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. I will prepare the other ox, and lay it on the wood, and I will put I will, I will not put a fire under it. Then you call on the name of your God and I will call on the name of the Lord and the God who answers by fire, he is God. And all the people answered, it is well spoken. So, you know, the people also agreed because the truth is they also needed to know. They were indecisive. They didn't know. So they also needed an encounter for themselves. Okay, so let's read on. Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one bull for yourself and prepare it first, since there are many of you, and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. So they took the bull that was given to them and prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O Baal, hear and answer us. But there was no voice and no one answered. And they leaped about the altar which they had made. At noon, Elijah mocked them, saying, Ah! Cry aloud with a loud voice, so for he is a God, that be. 
Either he is occupied or is out at the moment or is on a journey. Perhaps he's asleep and must be awakened. So they cried aloud with a loud voice to get Baal's attention and cut themselves with swords and lances in accordance with their custom until the blood flowed out on them. As midday passed, they played the parts of the prophets and raved dramatically until the time of the offering until the time for offering the evening sacrifice but there was no voice no one answered and no one paid attention Hmm. isn't it funny the amount of energy that it takes to chase after what is not god or not of god i mean thank god we don't have to cut ourselves or scream to get god's attention like thank you jesus (laughs) i mean because God is always here ready to hear us and answer us. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, and that is really the truth. Like if only we would channel our energy right and stop chasing after everything else but God. You know, because sometimes we're running from pillar to post. We're expanding ourselves. We're looking for things when we could just come to God. Look at all the energy that it's taking for them to call a God that, that did not even hear them. Not to talk of answer. Cutting yourselves. Dancing dramatically. Moving up and down. You know, sometimes we will travel to the ends of the earth to talk to someone who cannot solve our problems. When we can just sit in our room and whisper to God, whisper to God, he will hear. The Bible says that he his ears are inclined to our cry. So his ears are ready to hear us. He would hear even a whisper. But the people of Israel and sometimes us would rather prefer drama and cutting ourselves to speak to a man-made God to get his attention than to just come to God. Than to just come to God. God is, you know, his burden is light. His burden is light. You cannot compare. You would expend yourself going around the earth, looking for answers, looking for solutions, trying to get attention, people's attention, and it will all end at nothing. But if we will come to God, he would hear even a whisper. He would, he would understand even your tears. I mean, that's the God that we serve. I mean, that's the God that we serve. If only we would just channel our energy right. You know, I was listening to something um, and the person said, you know, if we can only use half of the energy that we use to not believe God, to just add it to believing. Like if you use maybe 60% energy to believe and 40, just just collect half of that 60, 30 and add it to 40, 70% and it's okay. Like if we can just add, like we, it's like we have so much, so much energy to not believe. We, it's like we would rather expend so much energy on other things than God. You know, the person was saying that if I ask you people to jump now, you people will jump. If I ask you people to clap, you people will clap. If I ask you people to shout, you people will shout. Like it's so easy. It's so easy for us to believe other people but god and you know thank god (laughs) thank you jesus now your girl doesn't have to cut herself to get your attention 
Because the God that we serve hears even a whisper. Okay, so let's continue. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come near to me. So all the people approached him. And he repaired and rebuilt the old altar of the Lord that had been turned down by Jezebel. Then Elijah took twelve stones in accordance with the number of tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. So with the stones Elijah built an altar in the name of the Lord. He made a trench around the altar, large enough to hold two measures of seeds. Then he laid out the wood and cut the ox in pieces and laid it on the wood. And he said, Fill four pitchers with water and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood. And he, and he said, Do it a second time. And he did it a second time. And he said, Do it a third time. And he did it a third time. The water flowed around the altar. And he also filled the trench with water. Elijah was going to offer his sacrifice and he called the people near and rebuilt the altar you know the altar is where a sacrifice is being offered and you know god says we should offer up ourselves as living sacrifice so before the people of israel could be restored elijah had to rebuild that altar you know so that they could offer themselves up you know as sacrifices and he built he did something very significant he built that altar with 12 stones representing the 12 tribes of israel so everyone was inclusive everyone was represented so let's continue at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice elijah the prophet approached the altar and said O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, so that these people may know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have turned their hearts back to you. Elijah's prayer is so profound. He first of all said, let, it, let these people know that you are God and that I'm doing this thing at your word. You see, God is not going to endorse an agenda that he did not send you. If Elijah was doing this contest by himself and by the flesh, God was not obligated to send down fire. Because he didn't send Elijah. But Elijah was a man who responded at the word of God. So God was going to do his own part of the bargain by honoring his word. The second you know, part of Elijah's prayer was that, you know, let these people know you, that you are God and let them know that you have turned their hearts back to you. You know, it's funny how Elijah was praying and he was speaking like something had already been done. He didn't say, let them know that you are turning their hearts back to you. No, he says, let them know that you have turned it already. It's done. He was so confident, so confident that it was a done deal. So he's like, let them know that you have even turned this heart back to you. Okay, so let's continue. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and even the stones and the dust. It also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell face downwards and they said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Then Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. They seized them and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and as, the Lord's, and as God's law required, killed them there. 
so we're, go- we're not going to finish the entire first kings 18 I, I missed i missed that in the beginning i should have said that in the beginning we're just going to stop here at verse 40 and we'll continue you know the remaining one you know at another time so you know one other thing that was very important here was that it was important that the prophets of Baal were seized and taken away from the picture taken out of the picture you see when god restores us back to himself and when god calls us back to himself calls us out of darkness into light it is important that we get rid of anything and everything that has the capacity to take us back you see elijah you know the people of israel were excited wow they saw fire and they were like oh this is god god is god and elijah was like yeah i celebrate you <laughs> but you see these prophets consist them quant you know take get rid of them because tomorrow you will now see prophet of Baal offering sacrifice and forget that god called down fire and you now go there and join him and be cutting your body happy eh-eh. let's kill everything that's gonna take you back so for us you know it might be the movies that we watch yes <laughs> the movies those movies it might be the music that we listen to it might be friends that we keep you know those people that once you're around them you go back you forget that God has delivered you from smoking. You forget that God had delivered you from alcohol. You forget that God had delivered you from womanizing. You just go back. Those are the people to get those are the people to stay away from. Those are the things to get rid of. Everything that can potentially take you back. Get rid of it. Once you acknowledge that God is God, don't just stop there. Once you acknowledge that, yes, you know, I'm here, I'm, I'm for God. Guard your space. Get rid of everything so that when you are tempted to go back, it's not even readily available. It's not in the drawer anymore. It's not on your phone anymore. You don't just, you know, go to your phone and just go to your videos and watch. It's not there. Get rid of them. And just, you know, to wrap up, God seeks to restore his children and have them consecrated to him. It's important we cannot sit on the fence. We have to pick a side. The Bible says that if you're lukewarm, I'd rather you're hot or cold. If you're lukewarm, I will spit you out. So God doesn't want us to be indecisive. You know, you hear some people say, oh, I mix my Christianity with traditional. You can't mix God. You can't mix him. You know, you, you can't you can be one day, today you are Christian, tomorrow you are offering sacrifice to Ifa. It cannot work. You can't mix God. You can't mix him. So if you're hot, be hot. If you're cold, be cold. If you're for bow, be for bow. If you're for God, be for God. But I hope you choose to be for God. And I, and I hope that you choose to be hot. God bless you. Thank you for staying with me to the end and I'm so grateful. Please, I would love to hear your voices. So if you can, leave a voice message for me. Share this podcast, this episode with your friends and, you know, just share your testimonies, how he blesses you, how he blessed you, you know, just everything and anything. I'm so grateful that you stayed till the end. God bless you. 
See you on another time of reading the scriptures with Mamezi. Bye.